Welcome to the Reliance Community Podcast. Worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock or 10.45 a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Let's just give a praise to the Lord and His faithful. How many guys believe that He's faithful today? God, you are so faithful, Father. God, you're so faithful in every circumstance, God. We don't have to try harder, God. We rest in you. You're faithful. Your, your word to your promise is true, God. Your promises always come to fruition, God. You're faithful. You're faithful. We can just get one thing today. If there was nothing else, God, we just got one thing. The God that we serve is faithful. Faithful to his word. Faithful to his promises. And so, God, we rest in that today, God. Thank you for who you are. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to invite you to grab a seat for a minute. Whoa, man, God is good. Amen? So I want to I do this, all right? So church is always supposed to be participatory. And so, um, man, it was never built for somebody to stand on a platform and sing or somebody to stand on a platform and talk, and then nobody else participates. And so I want you to participate, part, participate today in this. And I want to do this. God's Word says over and over and over that His words never go void. And He says that He is faithful to His promises, that His promises will fulfill and, and do everything that they were sent to do. And I believe that to the very core, that His promises will accomplish everything that they were sent to accomplish. So I'm just going to tell you some promises of God, and I want you just to shout out yes and amen. So one of His promises, it says, is that we are more than conquerors. That we've been adopted into the family of God. That we got a bunch of sons and daughters of the King out there. That every single person has been bought with a price. That we put our confident hope in Him. And that He's coming back again for us. Amen, amen. And if that's, I just, man, we were, as they were even practicing this morning, we were just juiced. We said, today is the day. Amen? Today is the day. So, man, if you don't know that hope in Jesus, if you don't know that your, your, your hope is secured in Him, today is the day. Man, today is the day. So, just want to encourage you in that. I want to pray that over you today. Father, today is the day that somebody says yes and amen over their circumstance. Today is the day that somebody says yes and amen over their marriage. Today is the day that somebody says yes and amen over their addiction. Today is the day that somebody says yes and amen over the world because they choose you, Father. Today is the day of yes and amen. In Jesus' name, we pray these things and all God's people said, amen. Woo, I don't know how we're going to transition now. Ushers, come on forward. Ushers, come on forward. I know it's hot in here. We cranked the AC down too, uh, so it should hopefully get cooler in here. As the ushers come forward, I just want to encourage you guys this morning as we take up our offering. I know that there's lots of prayer requests out there, and so if you've got a, a, a prayer request out there and and uh, you feel like you're just in the throes of it and, and whatnot. I just want you to know you're not alone. Um, we've got a lot of people going through things. I think of Deidre and her family at the loss of her, uh, of loss of her mother, the Halling family, the Bradleys. Man, we just, we love you guys and we're praying for you at the loss of family members. I want you to know that, uh, man, we stand with you guys in that. And so if you guys would, let's just go before the Lord in prayer and then we'll, and we'll just keep going. Father, we love you. And just pray for every single person out there who's carrying a burden with them this morning. Um, God, pray that they know that they're not alone and, and that they've got a family that's just rallied behind them. And so, Father, we just, um, just move, God, in the way that you know how to move in peace and in hope and in love and in joy. 
and, and grace upon grace upon grace. And God, just lavish that upon us today. Um, we just, we want more of you and less of us today, Father. More of you and less of us. Um, so just come, Lord, as we take up our offering, God, we ask that you, you would help us to never look to try to build man's kingdom. Our goal is not to build Reliance Community Church. Our goal, God, is to take whatever offering comes in because it's yours and yours alone, and then to sow it into ministries, God, that are producing fruit for your kingdom. And so, God, help us to be people who sow into ministries, missions, God, that are going far and wide and that are staying at home, God, but missionaries and, and, and teams of people who just want to take the gospel message, God, not only to the ends of the earth, but even to our backyards. So thank you, God, for the faithful people, God, who sow into that in their offering and just pray over that today. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. I'm going to invite, if I can, the call six to come on up here and, and uh, just any family that wants to come and stand with you guys, come on up here. Um, and, and you guys can come up here on stage, actually, if you guys would. And it's always an exciting time for us um, when we get to do baby dedications in the life of the church. Um, and today we get doubly blessed because they're twins, all right? And so as they come on up, you guys come on up, come on up, come on up, come, come on over here. You guys stand in the middle, family, you guys come right there. Yeah, awesome. Um, and so what I want to do is I want to introduce you. This is the Kalsik family, Travis and Annette and Adeline. And I'm going to let them tell you the names of their twins and um, why these names are so important to them. And then we're going to pray a blessing over them and we're going to dedicate them. Come on up, family. Just keep coming. And we're going to dedicate them to the Lord um, because we know that God has big things for these little girls. Amen? And so um, who's speaking here? And then I get to hold the babies up in just a minute here. Yeah. I'm going to do it at the same time. No, that's not true. I'm not. So um, when we were trying to select names, this Adeline, round one, she was pretty easy. We had her name picked out when she was still the size of a kiwi, I think. Um, but these two, uh, they left the hospital, baby A and baby B over there respectively, and um, we just couldn't quite put our finger on it. And it was, it was a big chore picking out names that are going to go together. And um, one night, it was like 4 a.m., and... We had been up doing some routine stuff, and we were laying there, and then, and the names that we had originally had, you know, two months ago, just, it just felt right. We were at peace with it, and so we went with um, Eloise Pearl, and... Hang on, hang on, hang on. Everybody's got to see Eloise Pearl. <laughs> Eloise Pearl. And then we also have Evelyn Claire. Oh, she's a little bit bigger. And smaller. Oh, she is smaller. This is Evelyn Claire. And so picking out their names, like I said, was. Okay, I'm going to give them back. No, you keep. That's a Put whole different up. world right there, man. Oh, there we go, sweetie. Oh, oh. Okay, go ahead. Keep so, going. So again, getting two names that we thought that worked well with our family and um, that had some some meaning behind them, some significance. And Nanette, she's can be a little bit more poignant and with her description. So I'm gonna let her do this part. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Eloise Pearl was baby A, and before she was born, she was very lively. And um, we feel like it's our job as parents to call forth the destiny in our kids. You know, 
And I think what their names are have meaning because people use them their whole lives, hopefully. And um, so she, I really felt like in utero she was going to be a mover and a shaker and that God had big things for her. And so her name, Eloise, means famous in war. And Pearl is to remind us that beauty comes from difficulty. And sometimes you go through hard things in life, but she is our pearl. And so that, you know, Romans 8, 28 says that all things work together for good for those who love God. And if you know anything about anybody's story, you should know that that's true. And I hope you know that today. Um, This is Evelyn. She was much more calm and gentle in utero. And, you know, we have twins, and a lot of people have a lot of things to say about having twins. But it was important to us that she always know that although she's baby B, Evelyn means a wished-for child. And she's not extra, and she's not a bonus, but God chose us to be her parents. And that's part of her destiny is that she's meant to be with us. And Claire means bright, shining, and gentle. So that's why we picked their names. And so if this is new to you, why we do baby dedications is what we're basically saying is this. God, these two little girls belong to you. And although you've blessed us to steward them well and to raise them well, you're really their father. And you are everything to them. And so we dedicate them back to the Lord. We say, thank you, God, that you chose us as parents. But we give them back to you. Whatever your plans are for them, it's your plans are going to prosper. Amen. It's your plans that are going to prosper. And so I just want to read a scripture out of Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 7. And it was really a call um, for, for families. And here's what he says. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with, all, God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments I give you today are to be on your hearts. I'm just going to give this to you. These commands are to be on your hearts. Impress them upon your children. Let me tell you why I think that word impress is so important. It means it comes from you. You're impressing. They're not just supposed to figure it out. You're training them up and impressing them upon your children. Look what it says. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up, that your whole house would be so saturated with the love of God that these girls would know nothing else in this home but the Father's love for them. And so today, I just as, as you guys stand here, I want you to know how much we're excited to be a part of this journey with you. And so I'm asking you, as you dedicate them to the Lord, and this is really for grandparents and extended family that's out there, will you raise these two little girls with the love of the Father's heart, knowing that their value comes from Him and from Him alone, and when you, will you impress that upon them every day of their lives, answering, we will with God's help. And then you have a responsibility, because you're their, fa- you're their family. You see, we say that, but we mean it. You are their family. And so as their family, when you're seeing Eloise and Evelyn running around and Travis is going, hang on a minute, and because I'm telling you he will, all right? Nanette's got it down, Travis, all right? <clears throat> Truth. Um, <laughs> and three girls. I, blessing over you, brother. Um, as you see them, will you pray for them? Will you encourage them? Will you speak life into them? And listen to me, will you help them? Don't say, hey, you know what, you know, if you need help, call me. Will you just show up and help them, knowing that at the end of the day, we all need help in Jesus, answering, we will with God's help. All right, church, now here's where we get to do a cool thing. Just extend a handout. We're going to pray a blessing over them. 
Let's pray. Um, family, will you just kind of circle around them? Let's just kind of make a circle around them. Let's pray over this family today. And let's just, just bless them as a family and bless these little girls to you. Father, we are so, so in love with you. And God, we know that you are so in love with us. And God, today we thank you for Eloise. And we thank you for Evelyn. And we thank you that you gave them to Travis and Annette. God, you had a perfect place for them, and this is it. And Travis and Annette now, as parents, Father, who are madly in love with you, are saying, and now, God, we give them back to you. May all the plans that we have and the dreams that we have for them, may they be second compared to the plans of God in their life. And I pray, God, that you would give wisdom to Travis and Annette of how to lead their little girls, including Adeline down here as a big sister. God, we pray that Adeline would know how to lead her sisters just in what it means to be a woman of God as well. So, God, will you bless their marriage, God, for Travis and Annette to know that the stronger, the stronger their marriage becomes, Father, that their, their family is going to be that strong as well. God, would you tighten their bonds together. And, God, for Evelyn and Eloise, Adeline, may they be girls who serve the King of Kings, their Father, all the days of their life. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Will you guys give them a hand today? So, so you guys are going to have to stick around in the lobby after church and everybody gets to come and hold them, okay? They'll have a bottle of hand sanitizer by the... I'm going to invite Tim and Ruth. Come on up here, Tim and Ruth. Really excited about today because a few months back, uh, we did a project called the Nehemiah Project. And uh, one of the houses that we did was uh, a ministry called the Father's House. um, And that's where Tim and Ruth come in. Um, And I'm going to let them share all about that. But, um, man, we are so blessed by Tim and Ruth. Not not just for today, not just because they're here today. We're so blessed in the city by the calling that God has placed on their life. And so um, some of you guys heard a little bit about the Father's house. They can tell you a little bit more about that. Um, but if you guys can, will you guys welcome them today? Um, I asked for Tim to give me the mic first just because um, I'm a little bit scatty and he's likely to like round off all the details afterwards. So, um, But um, really, we're here today um, to say a huge thank you to um, Reliance Church. Um, And like in all humility, we couldn't have finished the project that we started without the help of this church. Um, They really, um, really, really blessed us, um, Alan and his team and um, the volunteers that came. So um, we just want to say a huge thank you for that. Um, And when I was praying for Reliance, um, I, I really felt the Lord like put... Um, a word for the church on my heart, so I asked if I could share that this morning. Um, you know, how many of you know, like, God is really moving on the earth, and he's moving in the spirit of Elijah and in the spirit of unity, um, and it's, um, it's all going to have different expressions, um, and what we're doing is one expression of that, and God's doing some really special things in this church too, and as I was praying for the church, I just wanted to um, speak some words over you guys. Um, so what I saw is I saw this big heart and it was increasing and I felt like um, the Lord say that, um, that he's, he's releasing an Abba cry in this church and the Abba cry is going to release and increase um, the capacity to love and be loved um, and, um, and I saw a God, like the spirit come with a spirit of qualification over your hearts um, and I feel like there's people here, maybe who even have had um, like words spoken over them. And um, the pastor's going to um, speak soon on 
on the, the power of words that have disqualified you in the spirit from feeling like your spiritual mothers and fathers. Um, and so right now, if any of you like feel that um, in you, like something in your past has disqualified you, maybe you weren't fathered well, or maybe you um, never had a spiritual father, but um, God's moving and he's restoring the hearts of the fathers to the children. Um, and he's, he's moving on a fatherless generation. Um, and he, you're needed. And I'm here to tell you today and declare of your lives that you're needed right now. You're needed in this city. You're needed in this world. You're needed. Um, and so it, anyone who feels that spirit of disqualification, I just want to pray with you now. So, yeah, and if you feel that, like, even just, like, do something it's that postures your heart, like, hold out your hands, lift up your hands, like stand, kneel, whatever you need to do right now, just to say, God, I'm here and I'm hungry, because he comes to the hungry. And so, Father, right now, I just declare over hearts that have been disqualified, qualification in the kingdom, that they are qualified as spiritual mothers and fathers, that you're raising them up. And I just agree with increase over this church, the spirit of adoption, the Abba cry. Father, we just pray that you are calm. Yeah, God, I just thank you. Like, even when you go home, like, I feel like there's going to be a cry welling up in some of your hearts that you're going to feel right down here. Like, there's just this cry of, God, I need you. Because it's not about being a perfect son or a perfect daughter. It's about a perfect father. And he's coming for you. So, yeah, God, I just bless this church. I thank you for every promise that made this church possible. Every yes in the spirit. We just bless this church. And we just thank you so much for them. In Jesus' name. I just wanted to say, like, the, the kids that we're working with, like, it really is a fatherless generation. Um, we're reaching out to, we're hoping to reach kids that, um, like, a lot of them have had um, death and, and suicide and murder in their families. And um, God really has the answer to this generation. Um, and Tim's going to tell you a little bit about the house and the practical stuff. But um, there really is, like, a, such a need in the city um, yeah, so we just wanted to say a huge thank you, and we wanted to let you guys have some faces to go with a project, because um, you guys probably saw the house more than you actually saw us back last summer. Um, so just the story, for those who don't know, um, we moved back to Wichita. We've been working with inner city youth in Oklahoma City and then Denver. We moved back to Wichita just really feeling like the Lord had put it on our hearts that here in this city... He wanted to bring the fatherless into family. like the, He wanted to set the fatherless in family. And so our heart was we wanted to be able to bring them home. We've been working with different youth ministries, working in the high schoolers, reaching out to teens. But we wanted to be able to, to draw them in and bring them home. Um, and so we set our eyes on this house, this big old two-story vacant house across the street from East High. Um, we're missionaries, which just means we get really excited every time we open the mailbox every day, you know, <laughs> just like, God, what are you going to do? Um, and so to buy a house is a minor miracle, like it really is. Um, and then to see this house be transformed from where it was, where no bank would give us a loan on it, to where it is now, where it actually looks like a place that can really host first and foremost God and then host his children. Like that we could host him, turn it into a house of worship, a house of prayer, host his presence and then bring his kids in and say, you've got a place in the father's house, just like we were singing this morning. Um, 
And so we'd love to just invite you. We're so grateful for the support through the Nehemiah Project and just the ongoing support of this church. We'd love to invite you to just track with us. Um, you can find us on Facebook. It's John 17 Mission is the name of our ministry that will keep you up to date with what's happening at the house and also with what's happening in the schools. Um, but especially this morning, we just wanted to invite you to celebrate with us. Um, so not this Sunday afternoon, but the Sunday afternoon after, and then the one after that, March 31st, April 7th. We're going to be having an open house at the house. Give everybody a chance to just come see the results of all the work that got poured in. And lots of before photos and great photos during. You can see your staff in a cloud of dust as they were sanding down our floors. Um, and so we'd love to have you come out and join us. I've got some details if you want to catch me afterwards or just find us on Facebook, then you'll see the event details there. Um, so thank you so much, and we'd love to have you come celebrate us these next couple of Sunday afternoons. Just drop by. So. This working? Oh, there we go. Let's try it. Is it? Okay. I asked um, uh, them to stay up here, the hardest to stay up here, so we could pray over them. Um, because the mission field that God's called them to, the house is located near East High School. And, and so, man, we just feel really strongly that God's positioned them, anointed them, commissioned them in that place where they're at. So awesome to see that. And so um, let's just pray, like, that when they cast their nets out, that they would have such a full net, full, full uh, nets full of fish that, man, it would be as though it, they just don't even know what to do with them because of what the Lord is doing in that. And then let's just pray for partnerships to just go deeper with them in that. And then, obviously, they're adding to their family. So let's just pray over their family as well. So if you feel comfortable, just extend a hand out. Let's just go. Father, we are, again, we're just so in love with you. And I just thank you so much for their hearts. Um, I thank you, God, that they just want to keep in step with the Spirit. That's all they want to do. They want to run ahead. They don't want to lag behind. They just want to, when you say move, they want to move. When you say go, they want to go. And so, God, we're asking that you would just put a double portion upon them in this season, just a double portion of favor in their neighborhood, double portion of favor in the high schools and the middle schools and the elementary schools. God, that every person who walks by that house, even though it's called the Father's house, they would see with spiritual eyes that it truly is a Father's house and there's a place for them. God, we're asking that you would bless them, increase, God, abundance, bless them, Lord, wherever they throw their nets, there would be abundance. God, we're asking that you protect their family and that as this new child comes into this family, God, first for um, healthy pregnancy and healthy baby, but more than anything, God, when this child comes in, that this child will know this child belongs right where he or she is at. God, we are so grateful for the harders. We surround them in times, God, where it's lonely. Pray that they would know they're not alone. And then, God, in the seasons of celebration, I would pray that they know they have a whole army behind them celebrating with them. We love them. We commission them, God. We send them forth, Lord, with your anointing and what you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. and amen. Let's give them one more hand. <laughs> Woo. How many love you some Jesus? Yeah? <laughs> oh, well, first of all, it's good, uh, it's good to, to be here with you guys today. If you are a first-time uh, visitor today, welcome to the family. We call ourselves a family um, because, well, we, we call ourselves that because we believe it. Um, I want to give a shout-out to my brother uh, Ryan for pinch-hitting last week at the last hour. Didn't he bring a good word? Um, I kid you not, when he shared, like, he didn't know he was preaching until, like, 24 hours. I was in Topeka with my son at the state wrestling tournament, and he ended up winning his first match. And so about 4 o'clock on Saturday, I had that dreaded call. I'm sure he knew it was coming, too. And I was dialing his number. I was like, hey, so I'm not coming home. Good luck, Sunday, right? 
And uh, he was like, I knew it, right? Uh, but that's what brothers do, man, and, and he did a great job bringing the word. And so um, a couple weeks ago, we started a series that I wanted to finish kind of up this today and, and, and a little bit next week, um, where we're looking at um, the character of Christ. What does it look like to build the character of Christ in our life? Um, we really feel like that's important, um, um, to have the right character and the character of Christ in our life. And so um, we talked a little bit about thoughts a couple of weeks ago, and we're going to talk about the mouth today, our words, our, our tongue, what comes out of our mouth, and we're going to look at actions down the road. But um, we, we believe, and, and I believe this is true in Scripture, you can tell a lot of a person's character by what comes out of their mouth, amen? Like your mouth is very telling uh, of you, and, and it was so funny because this week as I was kind of putting together um, the sermon, I was reminded of something that Jacob told me um, last week. Um, I got to tell you, it's super funny, but I, I got to tell you, it reminded me of something spiritual that all of us can take from it. And so if you guys know Jacob Hall, he's on staff, he's our next generation pastor, um, 22, just young, him and Jordan had a, had a, had a new child, um, Emerson, he's awesome, and so Jacob was telling a story, and he came in the next day at church, and he said, man, I got home really late last night. I got to tell you this story. And he says, I got home really late last night, and I always um, go into the bathroom and, you know, get ready for bed, brush my teeth and stuff. And he says, um, usually my toothbrush is always in this little cup sitting by the sink. And, and, but I noticed when I came in, my toothbrush was sitting on the side of the counter. And, and, and so I was like, oh, I guess I must have just left it out. And he said, so I grabbed it. It was late at night. And I put toothpaste on. He says, I brushed my teeth. And then I put it, go to, go to put it down in the cup where I always usually put it on my sink. And I realized, wait a second, my green toothbrush is already in the cup. And then it dawned on him, oh, no. Jordan uses a green toothbrush to scrub out the poop out of Emerson's clothes with. And he says, and I brushed my teeth with it. And I was like, oh my gosh, you have to understand. I'm super, 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 super OCD about germs and, and, and whatnot. And uh, I'm going to use this mic so it doesn't pop. And so um, I'm super uh, OCD about that. And I was like, Jacob, what did you do? And he goes, I just went to bed. And I'm like, didn't that like gross you out? He's like, ah, it's just poop. And I'm like, I'm like Jordan, you kiss him with that, those lips right there? I mean, I literally was like, I mean, throwing up inside of myself, right? And so I, as he's walking away, I was like, you have a potty mouth, right? And I meant it. But as I was writing the message for today, I literally, I was thinking about Jacob, and I'm like, we all have potty mouths. Like to some degree, we all have these potty mouths. And when you read through scripture, you'll see something. God has a lot to say about our poopy mouths, amen? Okay, that's messed up. I'm done saying that now. <laughs> there's, a, there's a fable um, by Aesop who, who wrote this uh, about our words. And he says this. He says, once upon a time, a donkey found a lion skin and he tried it on. And the donkey strutted around with the lion skin and he frightened many animals Soon a fox came along and the donkey tried to scare him too, but the fox, hearing the donkey's voice, said, if you want to frighten me, you have to disguise your bray or your voice. The moral of the story, he said, is clothes may disguise a fool, but his words will give him away. I think there's so much to say about words and so much to say about when we open our mouth what it says about us inside. So much to say about what's going on in our heart because at the end of the day, there's a lot that's going on in our heart that we can try to disguise ourselves and look good on the outside, but our heart will always betray us, amen? It'll always tell us what's really going on and it'll come out in the form of, of words. And so that's why scripture is so important when it talks about the power of words in our life. 
The power of words have opportunities to raise up or to destroy. The power of words have opportunities to end wars or start wars. The power of words make men rich and women famous. The power of words have the ability, as I said, to bless or the power of words have the ability to curse. Like I think about that. If you think about that just in that context, like one word, you can say one word and you can either be built up or destroyed by that one word. Words are important. And so today we're going to talk about how, why, why words are so important, about how words are like a tree of life. In fact, Proverbs 15.4 talks about the tongue is like a tree of life. And it says, the soothing tongue is a tree of life. There's so many verses in scripture that you'll see that point to what comes out of our mouth as being important. And so if you guys have your Bibles, go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. And we're, we're going to camp out most of our time in there. Uh, but, but before we do that, I was reading some, statistic about, uh, some statistics about words, and, and one of the things that I read is it says, it takes four positive statements, four positive statements to negate the effect of one negative statement. And you think about that. If you do something really good, and, or you, you perform, or you do something, and you get a whole slew of people that come up to you and say, you did incredible, that was so awesome, man, you were so blessed, you were so talented, da 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 whatever it is. Man, you can feel so, like, kind of built up, but then we all have that one person, right, <laughs> that tries to bring us back down. Then one person... One person can say something to you. One person can email something to you. One person can text you something, and it can completely deflate you. And when you look at all of those things, do you camp out more on the positive things or the one negative thing? The negative thing, right? We're ingrained that way. It's like we're ingrained to go, why don't they like me? It doesn't matter if 100 people say they like you and one says they don't. You go to that, why don't they like me? What, what, what's wrong with me? What did I do? It's just sometimes where we're driven to. And this is why words have power. Words have power because they can have that negative effect on us. I was listening to a podcast by Matt Chandler, and Matt Chandler was talking about some stats that he looked up, and he said this. He said, do you know that we spend one-fifth of our life talking and communicating? One-fifth of our life is with our mouths open. One-fifth of our life is with our mouths open. One-fifth of our life. The average person a day would have enough words every single day to fill up a 50-page book. Did you guys know that? We talk so much, the average person per day would have enough words to fill up a 50-page book. Some of you wives are looking at your husband going, his is like a three-page pamphlet. You just open it up. And it's not even intelligible, right? Some of you guys are looking at your wives going, encyclopedia. But you think about all the texts and the tweets and all those things that you send, all those things that you send. I mean, everything that we do usually has words. Our murmuring is words, something coming out of our mouth. We are communicating people. It's just what we are. We're communicating people created by a God who communicates with words. Amen? He spoke the world into existence and it came into being. He spoke you and I into existence, we came into being. We, we are created as communicators because we have a communicating God. And so um, James' whole point and that we're going to be making here in just a minute is, is that God has a lot to say about words. If, if a fifth of our life, if one-fifth of our life is spent with our mouths open, then God has a lot to say about what we do with that one-fifth. And James calls, calls it when he, he looks at it, he says, there's a lot of blessing and a lot of cursing that's coming out of our mouths. There's a lot of blessing and a lot of cursing. Now, when I say cursing, I'm not talking about cuss words, all right? Some of you are like, oh, praise the Lord, right? He does talk about that too. But today, when we talk about blessing and cursing, we're talking about what you say to other people. The words that you say, the words that you say to other people, the words that you insinuate 
or, or, or address other people with. So what we have to know is that God has a lot to say about that. And so I just want to real quickly um, look at a couple of scripture verses and just show you some power, the power of the tongue. In Proverbs 18, 20 through 21, it says, With the fruit of man's mouth, his stomach will be satisfied. He will be satisfied with the product of his lips. Death and life, somebody say death and life, are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat of its fruit. Listen, you may go, boy, that's extreme. Did Solomon really know what he you know, was saying when he said death and life are in the power of the tongue? Do you know that suicide rates over the last 10 years are on a dramatic increase? Not like this, suicide rates are on a dramatic increase. Do you know that most of those suicide rates that are on a dramatic increase are with the young generation? Elementary school kids, middle school kids, high school kids, college kids, people in their 20s, the suicide rate is on a dramatic increase. Think about that, why? Because social media is on a dramatic increase. They care about what people say about them. In fact, most of the suicides, if you read over the last 10 years that have happened, it's because somebody so, uh, uh, bullied them with words. Not just actions, they bullied them with words. So we can sit here and go, man, that's a little dramatic. Death and life is in the power of words. It's happening in our day and age. And we're more accessible than ever before right now with social media and the things that we see online of what people think about and we crave it. We crave what people have to say about us. Look what he says in Proverbs 12, 18. That words are, are, are can pierce or heal. Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Reckless words pierce, they hurt, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Let me tell you what we do with this. Man, I was thinking about this. I'm like, reckless words pierce. Like, how, and this is what we do, especially as parents. Like, how do I protect my kids from that? Like, so what we do to protect our kids, this is the way we train our kids up. We're like, okay, we know words hurt, so let's teach them two rhymes that are worthless, right? Sticks and stones will break your bones, but what? Words will never hurt you. We know that's a lie, don't we? Yet that's a, go tell them sticks and stones, right? And you're like, you know you're lying to your child right now. My personal favorite was this one. I'm rubber, you're glue. Whatever you say to me sticks to you, right? And they were like, I don't care what you have to say to me. Like that never worked, right? But this is what we do. We train our kids up. We go, you go tell those two rhymes to them. That's not what we should be teaching our kids. Let me tell you what we should teach our kids. Words can destroy. Words can take you down. What comes out of your mouth is important. But know this, what God says about you is so much more important. So you receive what God says about you before you ever receive what some other kid says about you. You receive what God says about you before you ever receive what some boy says about you. You receive what God says about you before you ever care about what some girl says about you. Your value comes in Jesus Christ. Amen? Now when somebody says something to you and it hurts, don't say sticks and stones break my bones. You say, but I know what my father says about me. These are the kinds of things of why we have to discuss why words are important because we're offenders of this. We do it. We do it to one another. You get the picture, it's important. So James, just track with me for the next 10, 15 minutes. James goes through this in James chapter, chapter one, we see this in, in James chapter one, verse 19. He says, my brothers and sisters, he says, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen. Somebody say slow to speak. Slow to speak and slow to become angry. Slow to speak and slow to become angry. Now listen, we flip these two around. I'm the worst offender of this. This one is the most difficult for me. I always want to have something to say right away. I always want to have the last word to say right away. 
And we flip these, and part of the reason we flip these is, is that social media, I'm going to go back to that again, it's done it to us. We can't wait to get on there and tell them what we think about them, right? Or the news media outlets, they don't even, they don't even see if their stories are collaborated anymore. They just simply put it out there. Why? Because we feed off of that gossip. Like we want to know it because they know that we just want to know it. We don't care if it's even true or not so that we can just spread it. And this is the way we work. We live in a society, man, where we are slow to listen and we're quick to speak. We've reversed those two. And so this is so important to James, and he'll tell you why. This, this is key, so hear this. So God, in his incredible knowledge, goes, I know, I know that they're going to flip those two around, so I'm going to give them a warning of why that's so important that they're slow to speak. I'm going to give them a warning. And he tells us in James 1.26, if anyone considers himself religious, and I know that word religious kind of in today's connotation, we, you know, we, we don't like that word religion because we say it's all about relationship. They believed it to be relationship in those days. So when he says religion, he's like, if anybody considers himself or herself to have a relationship with God, yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself. And look what it says, his religion is what? You're saying that what comes out of my mouth if I'm not keeping a tight rein on my tongue, that not only am I living in deception, but my religion and my relationship is also worthless. Why? Because it doesn't always matter if I know in my heart that I love the Lord. If my words that come out are constantly piercing people's hearts, they're not seeing Jesus inside of me. Because as we'll go back to again, our heart is really telling of what our words are saying. So this is a big deal. This is a big deal when we talk about character. It's a big deal when we talk about spiritual maturity. And I'll tell you why it's a big deal. Because there are those who think that spiritual maturity is, is a matter of, man, like I have visions from the Lord. And look, that's awesome. Like that's a sign of maturity. You're growing in the Lord with that. There are those who feel like spiritual maturity is that you spent, you know, three hours in, in, in prayer and Bible study. That's awesome. I believe that's like mature. Like you're just, you want to spend more time with the Lord. But James is going, look, I think those things are great and that's a sign of maturity. But let me tell you what I think is maturity. James goes, look, let me tell you what I see as spiritual maturity. He sees one non-optional thing being compliant with spiritual maturity. He says, keeping a tight rein on the tongue. Otherwise, your, 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 your religion is worthless anyways. Like on the very basic level, yes, go spend three hours in your prayer closet. Yes, man, I pray every day. God, give me dreams, give me visions, give me prophetic words for people. I pray that all the time. But at the end of the day, he's saying, on the very basic level, Aaron, if you can't keep a tight rein on your tongue then your religion is worthless because that's what people are going to see and hear from you. And he goes on and he talks about this in almost every chapter. And, and I know we are strapped for time. But listen, in James 3, 2, he says, Indeed, we all make mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. If we could control our tongues, we would be what? Perfect. And could control ourselves in every other way. Let's keep reading. James 3, uh, 3 through 10. We can, make, uh, we can make a large horse go wherever we want to by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. Let me tell you what James is trying to do. He's trying to bring it to a level where you and I get it. Right? We know what a horse is. I want you to think about like a 1,500-pound horse. We grew up with horses all in our life. Now I still have them on a farm and put the grandkids on them and all those kind of things. I want you to think about a 1,500-pound horse. Huge, massive, powerful. It can do anything. 
I mean, the reality is that horse could break you in half. The reality is that horse could run through things. The reality is, is there is no way you trying to hold on to that horse that you're going to get anywhere. But here's what he tries to say. You take this little tiny metal thing that's no bigger than this, no deeper than this, just real tiny metal bit. You put that metal bit in that horse's mouth. It presses against its, its uh, tongue, and it presses against its mouth. And just with the slightest pull to the right or the slightest pull to the left, you can get that horse to do whatever you want it to do. He says, so it is with your mouth. Your mouth is so tiny, but yet it's so powerful. He goes on, he says, I read a story with this real quick, and he says this. This guy says, no horse volunteers to plow a field, pull a wagon, or a person. There's no way a horse shows up and says to the farmer, I really want to plow your field today for you. You have to break the horse with the bit in the mouth, control the tongue, control the animal. Then he goes on and he says, uh, Paul goes on, he says, but may maybe you're not a horse person, so let's talk about ships. Think about a big ship. And when, when I think about a ship, I think about these huge cruise ships. Anybody been on cruise ships, right? Longer than a football field, towered high. And you see this massive, maybe, maybe 100,000 um, ton piece of metal. And you're like, what steers that thing? And if you've ever looked at the back of a cruise ship, there's usually one, two, three rudders, maybe four, no bigger than the size of like a barn door. So you've got this massive ship longer than a football field that's all controlled by these two, three, four rudders in the back that are maybe the size of a, a barn door. And so James talks about this, and he's like, look, that little rudder controls the whole ship. I was watching the Discovery Channel one time about dangerous rescues, and it had this big kind of like oil tanker or one of these big tankers, cargo tankers, and it was showing that it was being tossed back and forth, back and forth, and it couldn't make any headway, and so they were going to rescue everybody off it before it sunk. And they said, here's the problem with it. Didn't have a hole in it, floated just fine. Didn't have a problem with weight, didn't have a problem with length, didn't have, it had a problem with the rudders. That little tiny rudder on the back stopped working, and so the captain couldn't steer it into the waves and ride the waves. So it is, he says, with the tongue, James says, that little tiny thing can cause a ton of damage. He goes on, he says, but a tiny spark can set a great forest fire, forest on fire. Verse 6, and the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. Listen to this, church. James does not mince words. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Is that comforting to anybody? Like, you're going to make Christian t-shirts, your tongue's going to hell, right? Verse 7, people can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one, somebody say no one, no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes, and here's the key, it praises the Lord our God and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so it is, blessings and cursings come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Real quickly, five minutes, give me five minutes. I'm going to keep saying that. Uh, real quickly, because I'm talking about what we speak, and that was a lie. Forgive me, I repent. Give me like ten. Okay. Um, it's a weapon of destruction. Verse 9. Listen, sometimes it praises our Lord and Father. If there's nothing else you take, would you just key in on this for just a minute? Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. This is huge. Let me tell you what it doesn't say. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who are, who are also believers. Sometimes we praise God with it, and sometimes it curses those who are also believers. That's not what James is saying. 
Okay, James isn't, or those who are non-believers. He's not saying that we're just cursing people that don't know Christ or people that know Christ. He's saying we are cursing those who've been made in the image of God. I wanna make sure that we get that. The image of God is maybe the most important thing that he puts there in the context. Our words towards others, church, listen, our words towards others are towards somebody that God values, somebody that God honors, and somebody that he created in his image, amen? Our words matter. I don't care if you go, yeah, but they don't know who Jesus is. It matters. I don't care if you say, yeah, but man, they're, you know, they're somebody, they're, they're, they were like Hitler. It matters. We're not saying that what they do is right. We're not saying that what they do isn't sinful. We're not saying that Hitler was a good guy. We're just simply saying that God sees worth in all people because he created all people in his image. And if that just really uh, hurts you in your heart, I'm simply go back and read Genesis again. He created mankind in his image. We broke it because of sin, but God still values us. John 3, 16, that none should perish. Jesus came that none should perish, but that all would have life in him. We have a problem with this. He created us in his image. Jealousy, comparison, anger, bitterness, uh, rejection, all of those things begin to rise up in us, and it's hard sometimes not to, not to tear, it's hard to, to not build people up, but because our natural tendency is to try to tear them down. To be happy for people, to celebrate with people is difficult because it's easier sometimes to find fault in people. Why? Because I want to feel better about myself. And so the way we do it, we don't always come out just cursing people, blasting people. I mean, you know people like that probably in your life, but most of us are passive-aggressive with it. Most of us, somebody might say like, man, isn't she the greatest mom ever? Have you ever seen like a better mom than that? And we're like, I don't know. She's kind of helicopter mom. I don't really like, that's not my thing, right? Her kids are going to be weird. <laughs> or some, somebody gets a promotion, some guy gets a promotion. And all of a sudden, like, you, like this guy's like, man, he got a promotion. I'm so happy for him. He worked so hard. And your natural tendency, you're passive aggressive, but you, you can't just celebrate. And so what you do is you go, yeah, I heard it's because of, you know, he had a bad situation, so they felt sorry for him. Like just the way that we are, it's like something inside of us. And look, we're not, the, the church is the biggest offender of this. I sit around with pastors all the time. It's so hard when you're sitting around with a group of pastors and one says something like, uh, man, we were so blessed, we were just able to add on to our kids' wing or whatever. And everybody's like, that's great. And then they talk with you, is that even good stewardship? Right? Like think about the orphans or whatever. It's like... You can't even celebrate with another brother in Christ for what they're doing because there's something telling in our hearts. And what's telling in our hearts is a lot of this is birthed out of us not knowing our true value and identity. And so we want to bring people down to how we feel. We don't know our value and identity in Christ. We don't know who, 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 how God bought us with a price or maybe we just don't know how much he values us. So I'm going to try to bring you down to how I feel in my own life. There's a quote that I read, and it says, God put our tongue behind a cage of teeth for a reason. Mike, <laughs> Mike I don't care if you're missing teeth, all right? <laughs> Jailbreak. Yeah. My, random. Micah 7.5. Guard the doors of your mouth. It's life and death. I was reading a book a few years back called Victory of the Darkness by Neil Anderson. It's all about kind of overcoming like depression, anxiety, just, just darkness in your life. And he had this to say, if we memorize just one verse from the New Testament, just one verse and put it into practice and never violate it, I believe we would resolve half of our problems in our homes and our churches. 
And that verse is Ephesians 4, 29. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification, encouraging, building up according to the need of the moment, that it may give grace to those who hear it. He goes on to say, it's amazing that you and I have the power to give grace to others through the proper use of our words. If we said nothing to put others down and only built others as Ephesians 4.29 commands, we would be a part of God's construction crew in the church instead of members of Satan's wrecking crew. A few weeks ago, um, Graham Fowle, he, he, had a, he was teaching one of our foundations class on Wednesday night. He talked about honor, absolutely wrecked my heart. He spoke on honor. And he was just talking about how we're supposed to honor one another. And, you know, sometimes I can get so locked in church mode. I just think about, yeah, honor your brothers and sisters, honor your brothers and sisters. But he said something. He says, no, no, no. When I say honor, I'm not talking about honor your brothers and sisters in Christ. He says, I'm talking about honoring all people for the worth that they are in Jesus. Even those who are brutal, even those who don't know Christ, he's like, we can honor them for they were designed in the image of God. What if we know in our heads just a list of people, and we just made this list of people in our lives that I just want to speak life into, just I want to speak encouragement into. What if we just started making lists in our lives? I'm talking from our enemies to our closest friends, our closest relatives to our distant. I'm talking about what if we just started making lists, and we made it a mandate in our life, like, hey, God, within this next year, 2019, before it's over, I'm going to speak a word of encouragement to every single person on this list. You think it would radically change our life? Absolutely. Do you think it radically change our societies? Absolutely. You think it radically change our neighborhoods? I promise you it would. Can you imagine walking around to the person that knows that you know that you don't like him? And you go up and you just go, man, I just want to let you know, you're probably like the best employee that we have here. Like I just, I want to encourage you in that. You're just really good. He's like, what did you drink this morning? <laughs> Something stirs in your heart. When somebody speaks a word of encouragement to you, something stirs in your heart. What if instead of just thinking about how awesome some people are, because a lot of us in here, we're like, I just really think that person's awesome. Have you ever told them that? No. What if instead of just thinking about how awesome that person is, you actually spoke it over their life? It would do something, man. It would stir something in their hearts. It would increase in their life what God has already begun probably to work on their heart in and that value. Real quickly, let me just say, James is not saying that if you simply learn how to control your tongue, all your other struggles will just go away. But that the work of taming our tongues, as we're working on taming our tongues that, that, and, and our words, it takes us to the actual core issue. It's not really the words that are coming out of my mouth. The core issue, everybody point to your heart. It's a heart issue. And I know, I know, we're almost done. Listen, the deeper issue here is the heart. Listen to what he says. Because... People, it says in verse 7, people can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. So if you're like me, when I read that, I'm like, well, then why am I even reading this? Like, if I can't tame my tongue, then what's the purpose of it? Why can't I tame my, if I can't tame my tongue, then, then why are you even telling me that, that I'm this bad person for the things that come out of my mouth? Listen, I want you to hear this. We can't tame our tongue all the time because of what Scripture says. We can't always control that tongue. We should strive for it, but we can control what we fill our hearts with. And when we fill our hearts with Jesus, and when we fill our hearts with the love of God, then what stirs in our hearts will start to come out more so than the other stuff, amen? I was in the throes of it with my 13-year-old son this last week. Keyword is 13, all right? I was in the throes of it. I mean, we were in mortal combat with one another, and daddy was gonna win at all costs. And I did, but it wasn't for good, man. 
when we were done, my 13-year-old and I, we just, we just had a, he ran out of the door that morning. I felt horrible. My wife was like, you know you didn't do the right thing. And again, that pride rised up within me. And I was like, I did the right thing <laughs> because I'm dad. It's horrible, man. Just open window real quick. And he comes back home, man, and, and I just, there was this pride in me, and I'm like, ugh, I gotta make things right. And I said something to him that was wrong. Here's what I said to him. I said, Tyson, man, I said, I'm so sorry for the words that I said to you. I said, I'm so sorry for what I did. I'll try to watch my mouth better. I'll try to watch my mouth. That's a lie. I can't control my tongue. What I should have said is, Tyson, I'm so sorry for the words that I said to you. Daddy needs more Jesus in his heart. <laughs> Christy, I'm so sorry for the words that I said to you. Daddy needs more Jesus in his heart. I'm telling you, church, Matthew 12, 34 says, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the things stored up in him, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Luke says it like this, out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks. How we handle our words is an indicator of what God is doing on our hearts. So there's two things I wanna give you for application, and that's this. Please know in this room right now, if there's some things that you gotta control your mouth with, look, you're gonna struggle with it. So the first thing, before you say, I'm gonna control my mouth, go and say, what is my heart like? What is my heart like? Check your heart. Is my heart angry? Is my heart jealous? Is my heart unforgiving? Is my heart not content? Is my heart living in rejection? What is my heart like? It will reveal what's coming out of your mouth. And then he says this, slow to speak. Be slow to speak. Remember that your words carry life and death. So here's what I wanna do. I'm, the prayer team's gonna come up here to the front and, and they can pray over you. But I wanna give you a minute, and I know we're running late, but I wanna give you a minute. And if there's something in your heart right now, you're just like, oh, the words that come out of my mouth are so sharp. And even the things that I murmur, I'm passive aggressive. I don't say it out loud, but I think about it. If that's where you go, man, start to dig into your heart. Are you angry or bitter? Are you like unforgiveness? You, comparison, rejection, is there something in you that you just gotta let go of? And then start taking Jesus and just, God, get in there and just everything else, I just need to come out. I just need everything else to flow out. I just want Jesus, I fill my heart with you, Jesus. Fill my heart with you, Jesus. Because everything that I say, I want it to be life-giving. And the prayer team will be up here for this reason too. Somebody has said a word to you and it shut you down. Somebody has said a word to you and it was a word that hurts you. And you need to let go of that word that's been spoken over you. It didn't bring life, it brought death. Today I wanna encourage you. Today God wants to take that word of death away from you and give you a word of life. And then finally, I wanna say this to you. If you today, you're just dealing with this man and you don't know what to do, you just don't know where to take your, your words, you don't know what, where your heart is at, I want you to come and pray with the prayer team so that they can speak a word of encouragement over you. Because sometimes it's difficult, maybe if you're on your own and you just need someone to pray over you in that moment. 
Let God do a work in your life today so that out of the overflow of your mouth, or so that out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth will speak the words of God and we'll see God move like never before. Amen. We guys close your eyes. I'm gonna pray over you. Father, this morning I pray that we would be people. I would pray that you would just build something up in our hearts, God, where our hearts are overflowing with what you've done, God, that we would that we would extend grace to people who've spoken words over us and they've spoken sharp words over us, that we wouldn't, that we wouldn't hang on to that sharp word that was spoken over, that spoke death over us, God, that we would look at that person and we would say, oh man, their heart is just hurting inside. That's why they're saying it. That's why they said it. That's why they did it. Their heart is just hurting. That God, we would pray for them, but then in our own hearts, God, that we would be so filled with Jesus and the Holy Spirit would be so evident in our lives that the words that come out of our mouth are for building up and edifying and not tearing down. So I just speak that, God, over every person. Take away rejection and fear and worry and guilt. Take away, God, the, the feelings of not being good enough and, and, and not being adequate enough. God, and just fill our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just. Take a minute and pray. Altar team is up here if you need prayer. They're going to sing this song. This is a declaration. I am who you say I am. The altar's open at the front as well. You can stand and worship. You can sit. You can have your time with the Lord. If you have to go, you can go. But I want to encourage you. Man, God is doing something in your heart right now. Thanks for listening today. If you want to find out how to get involved, go to reliancecommunity.org.